0: This is the Sound the Foghorn podcast. Cirello cut off by Mata, throws it out front. the scores. Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. Proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi, covering their prospects, the NHL, AHL news, notes, and much more.
1: Viala's in for Minnesota. Viala cuts to the middle, waits, score. Greenway in, saved by Miska. Rebound, Eric Sinek, they score! Jordan Greenway beats Misca. Edwards, hooked away Kaprizov. In for a chance to win it, he scores!
0: Kirill the Thrill. Is now, great. here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boya. And Justin Buck. Hello, and welcome in to Sound of Foghorn. It is officially. The NHL off season. Uh, Brett Marshall joined, as always, by my pal Zeke Boyat, Justin Baki The Tampa Bay Lightning, our Stanley Cup champions, they defeated the Montreal Canadiens one to nothing last night to take the final series four to one. Probably not to the surprise of too many fans when they saw that matchup uh, on paper, but here we are. It's officially the off season. We'll talk about the Lightning in a second, but. Uh, Zeke, it's the off season, it's draft season. How you feeling tonight on this uh beautiful uh July Thursday?
2: Yeah, no, I'm doing really good. Uh, you know, just hanging out before this. Uh we went and I uh, had a latte over at Starbucks, uh, with my dad. So I'm kinda I've got a little bit of energy in me, got a little hop in my step. But yeah, no, I'm doing pretty good. Just happy to be getting into, you know, the next couple of weeks here, which should be really the meet to the off season with a lot going on and uh yeah, no, I just just looking forward to Doing good, looking forward to everything here to come,
1: hopefully.
0: And Justin, what about you, my friend? I'm doing good. A
1: little sad the season's over, but really excited that the off season here. It's my maybe my favorite time of year. I, I just I really love the NHL draft and, and really looking forward to kind of digging into this expansion draft. Uh yeah, just just kind of my weekend of work, but uh excited to talk some hockey. Uh,
0: rough weekend to be stuck inside, uh no doubt. But uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show there has been a Stanley Cup champion crown it is a Tampa Bay Lightning uh, they go back to back taking down it was uh, let's see Florida Carolina Carolina mm-hmm. uh, Would they play last round? Islanders um, right Islanders there. and then uh, the Canadians. so not a terribly difficult path but still some challenging teams in there Florida the Islanders Carolina all put up a really good fight and uh, Montreal just kind of ran out of steam Carey Price um Returned to regular season form, uh, which was a huge killer to them. But mm-hmm. uh, the 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 bolts win. A- any surprises? Anything about the series you guys want to touch on here? Or is it you know pretty much the status quo? It, it went how you thought. Yeah.
2: Well, I think like you said, nothing too surprising for me. I just think that uh, I mean everyone obviously knows uh you know how good Tampa is, and they're probably going to be one of the you know the better teams the last twenty thirty years at least in groups of guys. And I just think that. You know, the amazing thing that's stuck out to me throughout the series was that they were shown in the last two playoffs that uh, Tampa is 15-0 and 0 following a loss, and they, they have not lost multiple games in a row in the last two playoffs, which is, you know, which is really amazing. And then the other kind of quick thing that surely stands out to me is that I believe it was uh, Andre Vasilevsky has a shutout, I think, each of the last five of his elimination games, if I remember right, which uh, obviously won the cons, so I think those were just – Two things that just like stood out to me throughout the series. And I just think it just showed that, uh, you know, Montreal had a great run. Obviously, you could, you're not going to take anything away from them. They were the second last team standing. But uh, I think uh, it, the, the the best team has, has definitely won the Stanley Cup the last two years.
0: Hard to argue that. Justin, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No uh, no surprise here either. Uh, it's, you know, just they're just so deep and so good. And um, I mean, just their depth. I mean, the last five goals that were scored in the series, I think it was, were just role players like Goudreau and Colton and, Colt, and then just it wasn't even their big dogs Marine. that helped them, I mean, score their goals. It was everyone pitching in. And when you got the big dogs and, and the depth player scoring, it's, it's going to be hard to beat, especially with Vasilevsky playing as well as he did. So, I mean, it wasn't any surprise. You kind of got to feel bad for Carey Price and guys like Shea Weber, who who knows they might not ever get a chance to play in the Stanley Cup again. But... I mean, really, uh, like I said, no surprise, Tampa one at all.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting for Montreal, who, you know, gets to make a run to the cup this year and now next year returns to division with Tampa, Boston, Toronto, and Florida, yeah. I think, ahead Sheesh. of them fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, so, I don't know, that might not be right. But, no. it Whatever five team, I can't keep the division straight. The mm-hmm. whole realignments got me all screwed up. But regardless, I, I just know looking at whatever is the division um, that they're you know probably the fourth or fifth right on that bubble again. Uh, potentially the outside looking which yeah. would be crazy. So really interesting to see what uh, boneheaded move. Um, the uh, Canadians GM Bergevin goes and makes to make adjustments um, like trading yes, Kotkin Emmy or, or something stupid. Like I, I just, yeah. I think I, Giles Farrell tweeted out, like, I, I just, I wonder what, you know, overreaction mm. the Canadians are going to make, uh, but perhaps the biggest story following the Stanley cup. I'm um, on social media last night into today, or was the uh, post game press conference of Nikita Kucherov. And we'd be remiss if we didn't at least touch on it here. Uh, to briefly sum up, um, he started it off by praising Andre Vasilevsky for basically being the MVP all year, uh, then shit on marc Andre Fleury, saying that Vasilevsky deserved the Vesna over him, and then proceeded to shit all over the uh, Montreal Canadian fan base for celebrating their Game Four win, uh, proceeding to suggest that their uh, their finals was the previous round against Vegas. Uh, all this while being for sure, drunk. Potentially, maybe did a bump of coke before hopping on the interview. Uh, shirtless, Bud Light in hand. <laughs> like just one of the most raw like post game interviews you've ever seen. There's a lot of salty fans out there, but I'm on the side. It was absolutely completely hilarious. It was really good to finally see some character show through the NHL instead of these you know these boring canned dance, Oh, we were resilient. You know, stupid uh-huh. post game interviews. Guys, your just quick thoughts on uh, on the Kucherov post game interview.
2: Well, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's just, uh, just great. It's just about, you know, just having more fun, more energy, more personality into the game and players. And just to see, you know, So, that, I mean, obviously, like you said, he's probably not completely in it with uh, his mind well, now with some of the, you know, what he may or may not have consumed after the game. But it's just, it's cool to see guys letting loose a little bit, obviously, just having fun. Because, I mean, you, you'll see in a lot of other sports, like in the NBA and the NFL, like this kind of stuff is, you know, fairly regular. And while that's obviously not the only reason those sports are more popular, I just, I agree with you. I think it's just, uh, you know, I, 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 like, like Brett mentioned before the show, if this was a guy law of depth player or somebody tried to trade deadline saying this, you know, maybe it's a little more understandable the irritation, but it's the hard trophy winner from a couple of years ago, one of the best players in the league over the, like the past five years now, who's scored, I think is one of the third guy to score since the and Gretzky to score 30 points in back-to-back postseason. So he can definitely back it up. And I just think it was, like Brett said, it was uh, it, it was hilarious to see after the game. And, you know, I think people, you know, get irritated about it. It's like, I mean, I you know, obviously if you're in Montreal, you're probably not going to like a guy shitting on your fan base. But uh, I think just uh, loosen up. It's, it's, it's fun. Uh, and also it's not bad, in my opinion, to have a little bit of hate going between fans and players.
1: Yeah, I mean, it may not be the most sportsman-like thing to do what he said. Well, it- I mean – especially uh, who the competition he had. I mean, they're all good players, <laughs> but at the same time, like you said, Brett, and I think both of you mentioned, the raw answer is, you know, something nice to hear instead of the canned answers that we get uh, 99% of the time. So, you know, uh, understandably, the fans are going to be salty because they just lost the Stanley Cup and then they get crapped on. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you saw a real emotion. And uh, honestly, I felt like Part of it was him joking, just kind of the way he was. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Just his mannerism, but uh, yeah, no, I don't overall have a problem with it. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. it was a raw answer. Yeah, and As someone
0: like, totally neutral. I just, I thought it was right. I thought it was hilarious.
2: Yeah, and I thought that another part part of it that I thought was funny is when they uh when they announced it. Uh, you know, Joe Smith from the Athletic, and he like kind of like you know when you laugh, you like spit out your drink or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what he was laughing at, but then he went. <laughs> he's
1: like, let's go, <laughs> let's go, Joe. Let's go.
2: I thought that was pretty funny
1: to start
0: off. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we had to touch on that. A couple more little tidbits here before we jump into uh, the expan- first part of our uh, Seattle expansion draft. Uh, just a couple tidbits from our friend Michael Russo uh, of The Athletic. Uh, little notab- notable bits of news. The first being that pretty much everything and anything related to Zach Parisi and the Minnesota Wild have seemingly gone quiet. Uh, we don't exactly know what that means. Um, but the NHL's buyout window uh, does open up tomorrow, so it could potentially be that. Is it an injury? Is it a trade? We we don't know. But typically, like Michael Russo doesn't bring something like that up unless he knows something. And in my guess is he knows something, but he's just not at liberty to share it uh, at this time. But just something we want to touch on, guys. Any any thoughts about the uh, Zach the continuation of the Zach Parisi saga?
1: Honestly, I I don't know how to read into it. I don't know how what what to say about it, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. like you said, with Russo bringing it up, um, you know, the things going quiet between them. Uh, I just I don't know if that personally means like maybe they resolve something. like you said, maybe there's an injury. Uh, are they just i don't I don't know, not on speaking terms at the moment. It's just it's hard for me to uh, read into, to be honest.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Because, I mean, Bruce said, obviously, too, he said, you know, it could be nothing, but like he said, with his reporter's instinct and what we know about him, like Brett mentioned. You know, there's probably at least something going on there. But like Justin said, we we really don't know. I just think it's, you know, with you mentioned the buyout window opening tomorrow, I think that, you know, obviously, I think the thing people need to realize, like we said many times, with this situation, and that there's no good end to this. There's nothing that it's not, no way that's not going to hurt the player or the team. You know whether it's playing time wise or money wise, and I think that if they do consider buying him out, I think that uh, this would probably be the year, considering uh, you know they get the five million in cap relief, and even though it would go up after that, it would go up to like seven and a half for three more years. But no, I just think it like like you said, it's just interesting to hear that, and obviously will be something that uh, you know we all keep an eye on here the last, next week or two as the buyout window comes and goes.
1: To be yeah. honest with me. I can see it happening, but at the same time, in the back of my head, that $7.5 million is a hard pill to swallow for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it, uh, it definitely is. We did uh, poll you guys today on Twitter. 277 of you uh, threw in a vote for you know what, what the Wild and Karen will do with Parisi. Um, the options were being bought out by the Wild, traded, and then bought out by another team. Uh, he just stays put as a role player. Um, or we give an option for other, where only Isha Jerome, uh, I think, was the one who <laughs> commented something different uh, of the soda SodaPod. Um, 18% of you thought he'd be bought out by the Wild. 31% of you thought he would be traded and then bought out. Uh, 47% of you thought he would stay uh, as a role player. So all across the board, I was, I was actually probably pretty surprised to see so many people thought he would stay as a role player because I think I lean more toward the route that he's going to trade him somewhere, some team mm-hmm. looking to get to the cap floor. Um, and then Zika, as you alluded to, um, for those of you that aren't athletic subscribers and re- or you know aren't familiar with the cap friendly buyout tool, um, uh, a Parisi buyout um, basically in real money would just cost the Wild eight hundred thirty three thousand a year until I believe it's like twenty twenty seven they'd pay him, um, which is basically the duration of his contract plus two years. Um, but in cap hit savings, uh, it would save them five point one six seven million this year. But then that number uh, regresses back to uh, 1.16 uh, next year, and then um, 1.0, excuse me, uh, 166,000 uh, that the following two years, and then it actually uh, then they actually owe um, basically a minor league salary, 833 for four years following that. So all the savings comes next year, but basically a buyout this year by the Wild would give them just you know one summer, you know, or one year of, of cushion, and you can figure out how to move. Uh, pieces around. So very interesting to see what happens next in the, uh, in the Zach Parisi saga.
2: Yeah, I just think, uh, I just, I don't know, like you said, it, it might be too hard for them to figure out a solution, but as everyone has said many times, I just feel like uh, as to everything we know, it doesn't seem like the situation that they're going to be able to continue into next year, so.
1: Yeah, part of me feels like he's going to be gone, just how the way the season ended, and you, you got to feel like, feel like feels like he has more to give, he had a good playoffs, and, and you feel like He's going to be a guy that, that wants a, more of a role than what he had.
0: Someone out there, I think, will take him as a third-line scoring yeah. winger. If he's mm-hmm. bought out, they'll, they'll take him and sign him for whatever, you know, a million and a half, two million, whatever he wants. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. Uh, the other, well, I
0: mean, oh, yeah, go ahead.
1: I was going to say teams took Pronger and Datsuk's contract. So, I mean, like you said, someone <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> would be willing to do that. Someone
0: will do it. It might take a second-round pick or, a, you know, a, a, de- a decent prospect, but. Now that's that's the cost of doing business sometimes. Yep. Um, the other significant or somewhat significant piece of wild news from our friend Michael Russo, um, and it is kind of related to the expansion draft here, and we'll probably talk more about it maybe uh, next week, um, but it sounds like there maybe has been a shift in the mindset of the Wild Brass to protect goaltender uh, Cam Talbot an uh, expansion over goaltender uh, uh, 24-year-old Kapo Kakanen, pretty much based on... Uh, Kakon just being really inconsistent. Well, we touched on this show a lot of that struggle came against St. Louis, uh, but he still you know left some areas to be desired. You know maybe he was a product of playing some some pretty poor teams for, for a long stretch there when he won those nine in a row. Um, struggled against the better teams, so it seems like they're comfortable leaving him exposed. And I would say when you look at you know the goalies that are available, they're all pretty similar to Kakanen, um, which maybe kind of levels the playing field in that sense. Where I think if Talbot was left exposed you're pretty much forced to make a side deal because I think of the ones that are available, he's probably at the top of that list in terms of starting caliber, maybe one other, two other guys poke in there. But I think based on this year, Talbot probably would have been a high up on Seattle's list.
1: Yeah, I I agree too. Yeah. He played really well and had a really good playoffs and I'd say was our MVP in the playoffs. And, you know, like you mentioned, Captain has his struggles and and maybe the wild now, I mean, he's still young, but maybe they see him as a a backup or like a one B type goalie. And, and, and uh, yeah, I I feel like with the crop goalies that are there, I I think if we leave Talbot, Talbot exposed, there's a good chance that he'd be gone. And I don't think the wild want to do that with how well he played and basically got us in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, you know, I agree. I think you know Brett touched on Kakenen's inconsistency because I think, I feel like that's from what I know, that's been kind of been the, his issue. I think in his whole young career, young pro career side in Finland, and even in the yeah. Iowa, where he would either start really strong and then end badly, or start badly and end strong. And I think, you know, like like Justin mentioned, maybe that kind of leads them to believe he's not fit to be like starter and play 50 to 60 games a year, which you know, obviously we know how, how weird goalies are, you know, maybe next year or the year after Talbot, if they're both still here, gets, goes down, gets hurt or something, captain gets thrown in, you know, wins 20 out of 30 games or something, you know, and then obviously Turns into Darcy Kemper. Yeah. So, you know, we, obviously we, you, you just can never really predict that, especially with goalies, you know, he's still young, like Justin mentioned, he, you know, he it might be five more years until he's, you know, at his peak, but I, I think I agree with the decision too. Because as Brett mentioned, too, uh, he said this in the group chat that, you know, if they were to lose Talbot, too, if that's what would happen, you know, then they would have had to go out and uh, sign another goalie in free agency or trade for someone, and you know that the money would have been really tight, uh, either in a free agent or trade, and I don't think like we talked about they would have been able to find as good of an option in net. So obviously we don't want to lose Cacan, like just mentioned, because he's young, but I think ultimately with this fact that this team is kind of trying on the upward trend and hoping to, you know, just make, take another step in the playoffs next year. I think, uh, I think even though he's older, I think, uh, protecting Talbot is definitely the right move.
0: Yeah. And I think the last bit I'll mention here, Justin, you mentioned just the wild seeing Kakanen as maybe, you know, a, a backup or a one B those types of goalies are much easier to sign and find in free agency than finding, you know, a guy that you're going to play two thirds of the game out of the year or what have you. So I think just, I, I think that's maybe how the wild are looking at it. Know, we lose we lose cackney and we'll just go sign a backup like it's not that hard they'll they'll be out there um but you lose Talbot, it's like and ah, now we gotta go try to find a starter and now we're gonna have to overpay because we're in a bidding war and all that so mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i'm looking at the free agent goalie list now and there are good free agent goalies but i feel like for what talbot's salary is like you mentioned we're not going to get Anything better, especially where we're at with our, our cap space. So uh, maybe they're taking into account cap space as well with with this uh, protection of Kept Talbot.
0: Without a doubt. All right. Well, that'll do it for our just our our quick little quick hits, our our news and notes here. Now into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, something I have been completely geeking out on since we decided <laughs> we're going to do it. Uh, part one of our two part Seattle Kraken expansion. Mock draft. The Eastern Conference is up today, so we'll go through each of the uh, Eastern Conference teams. We'll each uh, select a player, uh, discuss you know why we consensus, chose the same player, uh, why we were different on some players, things like that. And we'll assemble a team uh, just to remind everyone uh, of the rules. Uh, this is from soundofhockey.com. They are a podcast. I don't know if they follow a specific team, but it's really helpful article I'll just kind of read some of their you know quick entries here just to remind everyone of the uh, expansion rules before we get started so here are kind of the the, the the rules of the expansion draft they must select one player from the 30 participating teams uh, less the Vegas Golden Knights so that'd be the 30 they'd be 31 so just the 30 they're required to select at least 14 forwards 9 defensemen and three goaltenders, that leaves an additional four players for the Kraken to choose whichever position they f- see fit. Additionally, 20 of the players selected must be under contract for the 2021-22 season, and the aggregate salary cap hit must be between 60 and 100% of the 2021 upper limit. In terms of teams exposing and protecting players, they have two options, as we know by now. They can protect 7 forwards, 3 defensemen, and 1 goalie, or 8 skaters, which is any combination of forwards and defense, as well as 1 goalie. Any player with a full no-movement clause, also abbreviated as an NMC, and his contract must be protected unless that player waives his no-move clause. Exemptions. with Players with two or few seasons of pro hockey in North America, either in the AHL or NHL, are automatically exempt from the expansion draft the threshold for a year is considered to be 10 games, um, which is why the Wild do not have to protect Kaprizov. And then uh, requirements for the players exposed, uh, they have to expose at least two forwards and one defenseman that are under contract uh, for the 2021-22 seasons. So that doesn't include uh, any UFAs. It does include RFAs, I think. Uh, these players are required to have forty have played 40 games uh, uh in the previous season or have 70 or more games since the 1920 season and 2021 seasons combined and then uh in, in that same vein teams must also expose a goalie that is either under contract uh next year or a restricted free agent uh following this season uh ch- 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 yeah i think that pretty much covered everything the one more little tidbit i'll add in there. Is kind of the condition of unrestricted free agent. So basically, with that, um, you know, in the Wild's case, let's use uh, Nick Bonino as an example. Let's say Seattle was interested in Nick Bonino. Forty-eight hours before the expansion draft takes place, they would have the option to negotiate a contract uh, with with Bonino. If they came to an agreement, and Bonino's like, "Yeah, that's fine," um, then the Wild, what that would be, then they would select Bonino from the Wild. Otherwise, the Wild could protect him to prevent that negotiation if they wanted to, I think. Or um, Benino just becomes UFA, Seattle's no interest, and then any team can sign him. So uh, for the purpose of this exercise, and I think kind of in general, um, teams won't protect a UFA. Um, the only case really did, there was a few exceptions, I think, that we made on here. If we expect the player to be re-signed uh, before, before um, the draft happens. Uh, yeah. Did I, did I miss anything there, or did uh did you guys feel like I caught everything there?
1: No, oh, I think I you. Feel like you mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you pretty well got it.
0: All right, and then uh, the final bit uh, condition we made for this, just because of the sheer unpredictability of uh, any side deals, we did not include any side deals. We'll bring up, you know, if there's a situation where we think it might be possible, and maybe what we would do, but for the purpose exercise, we all just straight up selected. 30 players, we didn't get any extra picks, no extra prospects, didn't take on any bad contracts or anything like that. Um, and then also for the purpose of protection, based on rumors that we've seen, um, we did include some things like, uh, this is this protection list, you know, for Buffalo, it's assuming Jack Eichel was traded. For Columbus, we assumed uh, Seth Jones was was traded. And uh, and we have the, we'll, we'll talk about those, you know, exceptions and protection lists uh, as we go through just to throw all that out there so I think I basically covered everything anything else you guys want to highlight before we jump right in
2: uh, no I just uh you know it's just it was uh like you said this was just a fun exercise to do it was it was kind of hard at first because I was thinking well what does this guy gonna look like in two or three years and I had remind myself that you're not actually building a team it's a it's an exercise so but no no it was just it was just
1: it was a lot harder at first uh, than it kind of just thought it would be so yeah, um, I'm ready to go. I just, I'm not as good of a GM as I thought I may may, may have been. Um, but yeah, this was tougher than I thought it would be, but uh, I'm ready to go here.
0: Yeah, I, I have a lot of the same sentiments. I think when it was all said and done, I, I ran through kind of three mock drafts and kind of picked, or like the best, but I think the hardest part is a lot of times it comes down to you, you kind of have this rotation of like four players where, you know, oh, if I pick this guy from this team, then I got to take this guy from this team to fill that position that that other guy would have filled. And it's like, well, now Mm. that guy, that team I was picking a goalie. So now I got to go find a different goalie, which means that guy. And then it's like this circle of like, all right, now I got to replace the guy. One swap can mean like five different uh, things. So Mm -hmm. uh, as mentioned before at the top, uh, this will be the Eastern conference today. So 16 teams, Uh, we'll do the other 14 from the West uh, on next week's show. So let's run through this as we have in the past. Uh, we'll go to Zeke first for the uh, for the Bruins, and then uh, Justin will go first for the Buffalo. I'll go first for Carolina, and let's go down the list. We'll say our players. We do have some that are consensus, but on ones where we maybe disagree or have some different players, we'll uh, we'll give our rationalization. So let's start with the Boston Bruins. Here is their uh, protected list. It is Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, Charlie Coyle, Trent Frederick, uh, Jake DeBrusque, uh, David Pasternak and Craig Smith. Uh, they went the 7-3-1 route. Uh, defenseman Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grislyk, uh Brennan Carlo, and then protected goaltender Dan Vladar, uh, seeing as both Tukarask Rask and Jaroslav uh, Halak are both unrestricted free agents. So, Justin, as we dive now into the uh, Seattle Kraken War Room, Uh, In the Baki household, uh, who are you taking from the Boston Bruins? (laughs)
1: Uh, In the Baki household, we take a defenseman, uh, Jeremy Lazan, 24-year-old. Good size, 6'1", 204 pounds. He averaged 18 minutes a game and could work on the PK for Seattle. Has a cap hit of $850,000 only. Um, He did something I found interesting was he did start the season with McAvoy on the first pairing. Um, He was moved down, but not due to his performance. It was because of the Bruins' struggles. Uh, He also got injured and lost his spot later in the season, became third pairing, but uh, showed significant promise. So that's why I picked Jeremy Lozon there. Zeke?
2: Yeah, I also went with uh, Jeremy Lozon for, as you said, the same reasons, just younger, coming to the league, cheap contract.
0: Yep, and we went three for three here. Unanimous uh, pick on Jeremy Lazan. The other thing to me that made him really attractive, um, as, as we found, uh, as we all found out going through this, he's one of the very few right shot uh, yes. defensemen that was uh, available on the board. Especially if Matt Dumba gets protected, uh, as, as we're assuming and hoping that he will be, um, he he seemed like a pick here, uh, a guy that I th- figured I could slide into my uh, into my third pair. Uh, averaged eighteen minutes playing, you know, on a Bruins team that was in a pretty tough division. Held his own, I believe. You know, first first year in the NHL. Um, defensemen, as we know, we've talked about on this show, tend to develop have a little bit later development curves. It's kind of that first step for him. So, yeah, I think a, a pretty solid pick for us. Um, just to um, was there any other players you guys really considered at all at this spot, or was it pretty much LaZan all the way?
2: I mean, for me, it was uh, it was pretty much Lausanne. I mean, there was. There was maybe some other guys you could have picked, but a lot of them were UFAs, especially at Ford, and the only other like player on D was Connor Clifton. He was just nah. So, yeah, no, it was pretty much just, uh, like you guys said, just to kind of pick on a young guy with some upside.
1: Justin, yeah, to be honest, at? no, there there wasn't really anyone I looked at in, in this situation.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, looking through, I don't think there's really any uh, here at either. It was pretty much... I was on Hawaii. Because you alluded to lots of, um, lots of free agents. You know, there's you know Taylor Hall's and David Krejci's, but uh, those are all guys that I expect to come back to Boston. So, mm-hmm. all right, moving on to the Buffalo Sabers, who have a whole lot of nothing, <laughs> um, but we'll run through their protection list anyway. Uh, this is assuming Jack Eichel is traded. Before expansion, there is some rumors that that trade may not happen until after. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Their protected list as of now, assuming Eichel traded before. There we go. Jeff Skinner, Victor Olofsson, Casey Mittelstadt, Sam Reinhardt, Anders Bjork, Tage Thompson, and Rasmus Asplund for the forwards. Rasmus Ristalainen, uh, Henri Yokoharu uh, completing the trio of Rasmai with Rasmus Dalin. And then uh, I don't think they have a goaltender they're able to protect.
2: No, because I think all marks are UFA, so.
0: Or yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, Zeke, I think we'll go to you here first with uh, your pick from the Buffalo Sabers.
2: So should we like uh, should we just do explanations after we pick again, or do we want to just go around and then explain?
0: We can go around and then we can uh, justify.
2: Okay, so uh, I'll just say uh, for my pick from Buffalo, I went with uh, defenseman Colin Miller.
0: Uh, I went with a young defenseman, another right shot demon, uh, Will Borgen.
1: I also went with Will Borgen for defense.
0: All right, Zeke. So you're the odd one out here uh, picking Colin Miller, who I believe was also taken by Vegas in the 2017 Mm -hmm. expansion. So a double expansion guy here. Uh, Give your case for Colin Miller.
2: Well I mean like again like you alluded to Brett the, the, the bright shot defenseman obviously and for many teams were kind of you know was very weak not a lot of guys even with a lot of NHL experience much less guys that you know were legitimately you know pretty good so I don't know I think I think obviously everybody on Buffalo the last you know decade but especially the last 2 3 years will have like kind of a, a taint on them that you will think oh maybe they're not you know they're they're kind of tainted from that environment you, you know maybe they maybe they their plays might be more product of the team but I don't know. I think Miller is a solid pick for right shot defenseman. I mean, he's got 300 games experience. You know, he's maybe not like the most, the greatest defender uh, from what I've seen, but he has, like Brett mentioned in Vegas, he showed some ability to move the puck and produce offense. And I thought for a guy with, you know, right shot defenseman uh, at this point with a year left on his contract, uh, you know, who can plan the power play, can produce offense uh, at right shots would be a decent pick for my team.
1: Yeah. Uh, Justin, do you want to defend uh, Will Borgen for us here? Yeah, sure. I can go ahead and do that. 24 uh, year old, $864,000 cap hit. Uh, he's a promising young defenseman who could give them some depth at that position. He did break his right forearm and miss some time this season, but uh, he plays a hard nosed style, loves playing physical, and has some offensive upside. So that's why I went with him, and also because Buffalo has shit to choose from. <laughs>
0: Yeah, agreed 100% there. Um, Justin, pretty much all the same reasons I took him. Um, Miller does carry a 3-point. Uh, like yeah, yeah, it's just a shade under $4 million in a cap hit. Um, and I had a ton of uh, RFAs when it was all said and done, so I wanted to make sure I had money uh, to re-sign those guys. Um, it seemed like promising to bet on a 24-year-old right shot, um, who did show good flashes here before that injury. Um, I will say in the event that Buffalo does have to protect Eichel and that Rasmus Asplund a uh, 23-year-old center becomes available, he'd be another guy that I would potentially be interested in here um, as kind of a, 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 uh, a, a depth piece to maybe grow and develop, maybe in the bottom six or you know, a year in the AHL, um, if, mm-hmm. if that situation plays out. But for the purpose of this exercise, he was protected. So, But I thought I'd bring that up with the news that came out today as we were doing this, that um, the Eichel... All right, moving on to our next team here. Uh, it will be the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, we're going to lose a good player, um, which is just a yeah. testament to their strength. Their protection list loaded up at forward, basically their top six with Jordan Stahl, Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Svechnikov, Tavo Teravainen, Vincent Trocek, Nino Niederreiter, and then kind of a wild card. Uh, but Sarah Sivian of The Athletic thinks it'll be Brock McGinn, so that's what we went with. Um, and then on defense, it'll be Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Jacob Slavin, uh, Shea could be replaced by Dougie Hamilton if uh, that signing gets done before expansion. We're not anticipating it will be. And then uh, in gold, they're going to protect uh, Rookie coming off a third-place Calder uh, race of uh, Alex Nedelkovic. So that is their protection list. I'll start us off here. Uh, this is one I debated a ton on, but I eventually settled on uh, right-wing Warren Fogle.
1: Uh uh, do you want me to go or see? Uh,
0: we'll go to Justin to keep the okay, order. Okay, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Okay. I
1: went with defenseman Jake Bean.
2: And I also went with uh, defenseman Jake Bean.
0: Yeah, and as I mentioned, this is when I really teetered on. Uh, Jake Bean was the guy I was pretty much flipping a coin with here with Warren Fogle. And eventually, what it came down to for me is I think originally in my first draft, I ended up taking Bean. I went through and I looked at the left side of my defense. I had four guys I was pretty comfortable with there. Um, And I was looking at my right wing and that spot seemed a little bit more shallow for me. I felt the upside was pretty similar with, you know, Bean being probably, I I looked at him as a kind of second pairing guy. Uh, Fogle, I think, in the right situation could develop into maybe a second line right wing. I think I'm starting him on my third line right wing. Um, So he's just a guy I felt from the way I built my team. um, it, it, It... it addressed a need uh, more than Jake Bean, but Bean's a really promising prospect. He's pretty much, you know, dominated the AHL in every way possible. But uh, when Carolina has Jacob Slavin, Brady Shea, Dougie Hamilton, uh, who else am I forgetting in that group? And uh, Brett Pesci, uh, you're not going to get a chance to really shine <laughs> on the power play or in the top four. So I think, you know, uh, the opportunity in Seattle's right there for him too, if, if that's the route they go. But um, I believe was also drafted by... Um, the Seattle GM too, so it's unfamiliar mm-hmm. there. But ultimately, I just from the from a team construction standpoint, I needed the right wing more than the D. I thought the upside was the same, so I went with Fogel here.
2: Yeah, and I think you know I I agree. I I went back and forth obviously with with Fogle too. He was originally my pick first time I went through. But then I kind of convinced myself looking at like Brett mentioned, uh, Jake Bean, you know, a, a younger defenseman was a high first round pick. Has you know was great in WHL, like you said, is great in the AHL. And I think uh, if he got an opportunity, like an expansion team, to you know have that reign and, and be on the power play where he's really good, I just thought there's maybe you know get a young, a high end young player like that with that with that high upside who you know if if he turns out to be a really good piece on the blue line for you know five to eight years on this team. So yeah, no, I think. Uh, I'm sure just has a lot of the same reasons, but I just thought T was just a good uh, since he was was available a good uh, a bet on a, on a talented young defenseman.
1: Yeah, kind of the same reasons. I also kind of went with him too because of his cap hit, eight hundred sixty-three thousand um, dollars. Later on in the draft, I have some couple high-end guys, and, and like Brett, I have some RFAs I would need to sign. So um, that's part of the reason I went with Jake Bean other than the fact that uh, he could eventually run the power play for Seattle in the future, and, you know, he's a player that thrives off the rush and um, an offensive puck mover, so kind of thinking um, future a little bit with Seattle in this pick, too.
0: For sure. Uh, One other name I'll bring up that I briefly considered here, uh, it's uh, a a young center, maybe a a middle six ceiling, um, and that was – uh, Morgan Geeky, who kind of was in and out on RFA, uh, 22 years old. Uh, he's another guy I consider here, but just the the, the ceiling was not that of a uh, Fogel or Bean, so I kind of wrote him off mm. rather quick. Good. All right, well, moving on to the next one. Uh, another team, much like Buffalo, with very little to offer. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, who also, by the way, that's one thing we didn't touch on. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Mattis Kivlenic's, uh, tragic yeah. firework accident. Uh, all the best to the uh, to the to the Blue Jackets organization. Just something just terrible happened over the holiday weekend, um, but yeah, definitely want to mm-hmm. remember that. But um, as for expansion, uh, their protection list is pretty much every notable player on their roster uh, that's left. I'm assuming <laughs> Seth Jones is traded here. Uh, Cam Atkinson, Gustav Nyquist, Max Domi, Patrick Laine, Boone Jenner, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Jack Rossovic, Zach Wierenski, Vladislav Gavrikov, Dean Kukin, and Junis Corposalo. They go the 7-3-1 route. Justin, I believe we're back to you uh, with your selection here.
1: I chose winger Eric Robinson.
2: I also went with Eric Robinson.
0: And for the second time in four teams, we're three for three with Eric Robinson. So Eric Robinson, excuse me. Um, if you guys want to, one of you wants to take it away, feel free. Well, I yeah, guess. I
2: mean, oh, sorry, <laughs> oh, sorry. I was...
1: You can go ahead, Zeke. I'll let you take this one. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, so I don't know. I think just for me, I was looking through some other mock drafts on athletic and other places, and there wasn't a, a ton, you know, that interested me too much on Columbus. But from what I've told, could see from what I've read, uh, Robin seems to be like a bottom six guy, an energy guy, can play physical kind of you know, a, a team kind of player that maybe kind of a fan favorite type. So I just thought, you know, if he's a, if he's energy guy plays physical and he had 18 points last year, just could be, a considering the lack of options, uh, on the rest there. Uh, got players to pick. I just thought he was a, a, a good bottom six piece to try out.
1: Yep. And another thing is he's cheap to another guy. That's not in the millions at $975,000 cap hit. So, mm. um, on top of not many options, that was another thing that uh, helped me pick him.
0: Yeah, for me, is every team needs their role player. Uh, he, he's, I think he's yeah. kind of like a Ryan Hartman type. You know, he, he's big, he's physical. You know, doesn't put up a ton of points, like you said. You know, maybe kind of a the fan favorite type. Um, he's a guy I slotted right into my to my fourth line and felt comfortable with him there. Um, but yeah, and then you know, like we said, the the other options that were there, uh the, the, okay. there there weren't. Um, <laughs> i'm looking here um yeah kevin stenland uh a bunch of guys over 30 and then a bunch of guys that hardly played in the nhl um the only other thing that could maybe make this one slightly more interesting uh should the blue jackets have to protect uh seth jones if a trade uh can't be made uh, dean kuken uh that third defense and protected uh right shot 28 years old uh just a 1.65 million million dollar cap hit uh, might be a really interesting piece here, too, if if Jones has to be protected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we won't spend too much t- uh, more time there. Next up, we will go to the Detroit Red Wings uh, in a full rebuild, but still a couple intriguing players uh, left exposed uh, for them. Here was their protection list, uh, yet another team that went 7-3-1. and one. They protect Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, Jacob Verana, Robbie Fabry, Michael Rasmussen, Adam Ernie, Giovanni uh, Smith, I believe it's Gabriel Lindstrom, Dennis Chalowski, Philip Ronek, and Thomas Grice. Zeke, I believe it is your turn to reveal your selection first here.
2: Yeah, I went with uh, from Detroit. I took right shot defenseman Troy Stetcher.
0: Yep, I also I, went uh, Troy Stetcher.
1: I also went Troy Stetcher.
0: Are you for three, Zeke, do you or Justin, do you guys want to talk about Troy Stetcher a little bit? Otherwise, I can too. I can,
1: yeah, I can go ahead. Sure. I was from what I was reading, it was he's a shifty defenseman, probably De- Pro- Detroit's best puck mover, which isn't much to say at this moment, but uh, <laughs> he would make a good third pairing defenseman. Um, and also, worth noting, I felt like he had a good world for Canada where they win the gold, had the basically the setup that helped. Canada beat Russia. I think you set up Mangiapane.
0: Mangiapane, uh, my boy, I love that dude.
1: Yeah, but I—I uh, I, I mean, he's 27 years old, but uh, I feel like he was the best player out of the crop. The mess, uh The only other guy that I, I thought about taking was Vladislav Nemestikov, but overall, I wanted that right shot defenseman. Uh, so yeah, that's why I went with him. 1.7 million dollar cap hit too.
0: Yeah, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Mesnikoff I originally took, um, and then I did some defense shuffling, and I was like, ah, my right side's a little shallow. Um, I don't think he cracked my top six. I think I have him as kind of my number seven. Um, but another little piece, he's 20, uh, Justin, as you mentioned, uh, 27, $1.7 million cap hit. So that could be a really attractive, you know, a, a guy you can flip um, mm-hmm. right after the draft or maybe, you know, a, a potential trade deadline piece if you want to keep him as, as a depth guy. Um, but I think for the and then for me, again, also it came down to team construction. I needed the help on the right side um, and someone I could maybe flip if I needed to. Um, Nemesnikov there, as you mentioned, was the other guy I considered because um, he can kind of play anywhere. He can play left wing, right wing, center. He can play up the lineup, down the lineup, but uh, settle on the defender here. Zeke, anything to add?
2: No' just uh, you guys basically said it all, just uh, just another guy, uh, kind of a you know an experienced right shot defenseman who I just you know, not many of those available, so that was kind of the read basically why I took him.
0: All right, we won't waste any more time there. we're're We're, 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 th- we're <laughs> through most of the painful ones now we're we're, we're through Buffalo, Columbus, and Detroit. Uh, the rest of these have at least some interesting players for the most part. So next up on the list going alphabetically is the Florida Panthers, um, who had a resurgent year this year. Uh, yet another team that's going 7 3 and 1. Uh, basically, we could find here is their projected list it's Jonathan Uberdo, Alexander Barkov, Patrick Hornquist, Sam Bennett, Noel Achari, Carter Verhage, Frank Vetrano, to out the forwards. On defense, Keith Yandel with a no move clause, uh, Aaron Eckblad, Mackenzie Wieger, and then that awful Sergey Bobrovsky contract locks him in to being protected as the goaltender. Uh, I believe it's my selection here, so I will start us off. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, winger Anthony Duclair. Uh, Justin to you. I took goaltender Chris Dreiger.
2: And uh, I also went with uh, winger Anthony Duclair.
0: All right, Dreiger, I think going into this draft, I originally was he was kind of the goalie I thought I really wanted. Um, and then just kind of reading through the fact that Anthony Duclair, because I thought Duclair was going to be protected, but I think in an expansion draft, that's hard to find proven top six talent a lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that's, that's what Duclair was to me. He was awesome, I believe, on the line. I believe the, he played with uh, Verhegi and Barkov most of this year, which I'm, that's why I'm surprised we're not protecting him because the chemistry was there. He's a guy that's kind of been a journeyman. Uh, he's played on a lot of teams, but you know he's kind of played the top six everywhere. And he's had two years now in a row where he's, you know, uh, last year I believe with Ottawa and now this year with the Panthers where he's had some pretty good numbers. I think he's a guy you can stick into your top six. He's not going to drive the line, uh, but you get him, you know, a, a good complimentary piece um, down the middle like uh, I put him with um, here. A couple other guys in the line, which I will reveal later. Um, but I just felt comfortable as a guy, you know, like I said, hard to find top six talent, and I just felt like he, he was proving that um and i found some other goalies elsewhere so i figured here is this place i could i could pass on dreger
2: you know i i agree i think it was like you said uh, dreger was obviously he's been really good in a kind of smaller sample size but he's been great uh in florida the last couple of years and has been their best goaltender but i was just with you i saw a talented like you said top 6 forward who was there for taking and i just thought like you said with an expansion team Scoring maybe be harding to harder to find uh, in draft i just thought uh, he was the the most appealing guy to me.
0: And just in your case for Dreger Dryger, I don't know how you say it properly.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you say it properly either. But uh, to be fair, um, Duclair would would have been my other pick. Uh, I was kind of flip flopping between them, but ultimately went with Dreiger because, um, you know, he played behind Bobrovsky, but he went 14 and three with two hundred seven goals against average, nine twenty seven save percentage, eight hundred fifty thousand dollar cap hit. Um he projects as a potential starter i i i'm kind of riding on the upside of him doing that and uh, yeah i mean i i just felt like like that's the guy i wanted to be my starter running the seattle draft board here
0: yeah makes a lot of sense he's one of those few guys at the ufa that you know seattle might talk to ahead of time um, the other interesting piece, uh, again, news that just came out today. It sounds like there's some teams already calling on, on Dredger as you know a potential starter. You know as a one B to complement. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe San Jose is a team that's you know maybe calling on him too. So uh, he'll be a popular name whether through free agency, through trades, uh, or through expansion uh, as we head into uh, to the off season. So mm-hmm. uh, moving on here to the Stanley Cup runner up, uh, the victims of Nikita Kucherov, the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Uh, Their protection list here up next. Uh, Where is it? There we are. Another team going 7-3-1. And Uh, and here's their list. Forwards, it's Brennan Gallagher, Josh Anderson, Tyler Toffoli, Philip Deneau, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, Jake Evans, Arturi Lekanen. On defense, it's Jeff with the no-move clause. Shea Weber, uh, Joel Edmondson, and goaltender uh, Carey Price. I believe we are back to Justin here uh, to kick us off.
1: I went with defenseman Brett Kulak.
0: Uh, yep, Zeke.
2: Okay, and I went with uh, goalie Jake Allen.
0: And Zeke and I, here in agreement again, uh, I also went with uh, goaltender Jake Allen. So, Justin, we'll, we'll flip it to you here first, uh, this time to uh, defend your pick for Brett Kulak. Yeah,
1: I felt like with... Picking Drieger, I wanted to kind of shore up my top four defensemen. I mean, he doesn't put up a lot of offensive numbers, but he's um, played in the top four role. He played with Jeff Petrie this past year uh, in Montreal, and you know he's a good possession player with the ability to make zone exits. One point eight five million dollar cap hit. So I, I kind of wanted to round out my my top four defensemen, and I believe, yep, yeah, on my roster I do have him as the second pairing. So. That's why I went with Kulak.
2: Yeah, for me, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I, I, he was another guy that I had considered, obviously. But at the by the time I got around to Montreal, I just kind of was, like Brett mentioned earlier, I kind of had my left D set up. But I think, you know, Jake Allen, obviously, you know, as Wild fans, we know him for the 2017 five game stretch class playoffs where he stole the, you know, Pensley, a great season from Minnesota. But, you know, he's been kind of inconsistent in his career, obviously. He was good early on as a rookie. Then he had just flashes towards the end of his time in st louis was a backup last year and and was uh, okay uh he wasn't great wasn't terrible in montreal this year as kind of the one beat to allow Carey price more rest but i just thought you know at 30 years old uh, affordable contract goalie with experience who has shown the ability to maybe not be a starter but who can handle a little bit heavier load i thought he was a good option uh to fill in in goal and you know like i said goalies are weird too you know he's only 30 so maybe there is You know, like we said, who knows, maybe he can be the starter. But at the very least, I just thought he was a a good veteran kind of stopgap or kind of 1A to have in goal.
0: Yeah, a lot of the same reasons Zeke Udis outlined were why I went with him. This was one of the toughest decisions I had. Um, Brett Kulak as uh, Justin Pick was my other guy here. I I really wanted him as kind of my number 2D, but um, just looking through my other goaltending options, there was just players I liked. You know, on those teams more than the goalie, um, and I invented this, again, as Zeke you touched on, just filling out that left side just felt a hair easier, um, and I wanted to get Allen kind of in that same role. I kind of have him as kind of a a one B to pair with another goalie, um, who I will name on next week's show as kind of a, a one two punch. I'm, I'm anticipating kind of a 50 50 mm-hmm. split between them. That's kind of where, uh, where where I went with this pick. So, but yeah, I don't think I don't think Seattle could go wrong either way here. Um, they had another player that could potentially be interesting as well, um, on the blue line. In addition to Kulak, a little bit older, a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a cap hit, but, uh, Ben Sherat, who uh, was a shot blocking defensive machine, uh, in the playoffs this year as well for, for Montreal. So a couple options there, uh, in, in Montreal with, with Allen, uh, Kulak, Sherratt, uh, slew of role players as well, like, uh, Yoel Armia, who's a UFA, uh, Paul Byron, potentially there as well. So some guys, some some options there, but I think uh, I think it really will come down to uh, Allen or, or one of those left defensemen.
1: Uh, I I did see on some people's drafts, I, I can't remember who it was, when I was doing research, I saw some people take Jonathan in. Anyway, it wasn't really an option in my mind just because of his cap hit and how inconsistent he's really been, but yep. that's another guy that I've seen taken um, from Montreal.
0: Yeah, and I believe he pretty much ended his season this year just for like I think like personal reasons as well. So mm-hmm. unknowingly what those are, so a lot of fog around that. But if you're looking for a high upside pick, definitely an option there. All right, I lied. we have one more team we have to suffer through here, <laughs> uh, and that's the New Jersey Devils up next. Uh, I believe Zeke, uh, you're leading us off here I... with uh, with your pick. Oh, uh, protection list. Yeah, tougher. it was Yeah. Uh, seven, three, and one again. Uh, Nico Heesher, Andreas Janssen, uh, Yegor Sharan one of the best <coughs> names in hockey right now. Uh, Miles Wood, Jesper Bratt, Pavel Zaka, Yanni Kowokonin, uh, running out the forwards. And then on defense, Will Butcher, Damon Severson, and Jonas Siegenthaler. And then in goal, Mackenzie Blackwood.
2: Yeah, uh, for me uh, from New Jersey, I took uh, centerman Michael McLeod. Me as well, Michael McLeod.
1: I also went with center Michael McLeod.
2: All right, Zeke, go ahead. Well, I mean, I just think in New Jersey, again, like Brett mentioned, was not a lot of great options there. I mean, there's maybe a couple guys in defense for depth that you could have picked, but I think, uh, you know, McLeod, he was the 12th overall pick back in, I think it was 2016, I believe. You know, you know, hasn't really shown didn't – hasn't shown – to be great in the HL, but was decent last year with uh, I think all nine even strength goals in fifty two games and was over fifty percent on face offs. So I just thought considering the lack of options he was a good bet on upside, a former first round pick who, you know, especially at a premium position center could be a you know potential value pick if he gets an opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of where I felt too with them. Um, I looked at them kind of as a thirteenth forward, maybe a, maybe even further down like a depth piece. But mm-hmm. as you mentioned, there wasn't a lot of other things super attractive. Um, one thing I think this is we you know we mentioned the possibility of side deals. You know, does Seattle maybe th- or does you know New Jersey throw something Seattle's way to take you know a, a, a PK Subban? Do they maybe take a flyer on a, on, a, on a guy like Nick Merkley, who was once thought of as a pretty high prospect, I think originally drafted by Arizona, came over in the Taylor Hall trade, um, but just hasn't really quite found it in the NHL, but could be a high-risk, high-reward pick. Um, those were kind of the other two names I, I briefly peeked at here, but eventually, for a lot of the same reasons as you, I mean, a former 12th overall pick, there's maybe some upside there to be found, potential value. Um, RFA2, so you can determine his next contract shouldn't cost you much again, just uh maintain that cap hit as well.
1: Yeah, I mean I had basically the same reasons for picking him on top of an eight hundred sixty three thousand dollar cap hit. They didn't have much to choose from. You know, I read he has um blazing fast feet, quick hands and uh quick thinking a quick thinking game. So, you know, maybe, you know, he's only twenty three years old, so maybe he does eventually progress to um more of a role, but uh from what I read, probably bottom six, but yeah, that that's they didn't have much to choose from, so that's really why I went with them him as well.
0: All right. Up next we have the New York Islanders, another team going seven, three, and one. Uh the forwards they're protecting. Matt Barzell, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Jordan Eberley, JG Pajot, Josh Bailey, Anthony Beauvillier on defense, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pollock. Uh, and Scott Mayfield in goal, Simeon Varlamov. I believe I'm kicking it off for us here. Um, I'm going to go with hashtag one of us. I'm going to go with Kiefer Bellows.
2: And uh, I'm also going to take Kiefer Bellows from the Islanders.
1: And I'm going to third that, take Winger Kiefer Bellows.
0: All right. Uh, Yeah, here again is none of those situations where there wasn't a ton of other things I was super attracted to. Um, if you want kind of a veteran leader to play on your third pair or on your fourth line, maybe they got a guy for you. Um, you know, you got a Cal Clutterbuck, uh, Leo Komaroff, Matt Martin. Um, if you want, um, you know, Nick Letty is there. Uh, Thomas Hickey, if you wanted as well. Um, Corey Schneider in goal, but he's terrible. Um, the only other player I briefly considered here really was uh, Otto Kovala, another left shot winger. I just ultimately decided I, I like the upside of Bellows a little bit more. He he scored a lot um, at the amateur level. It hasn't quite translated yet, but again, another player that's just kind of been buried on a depth chart behind a lot of really good players. Um, and just thought you know potentially if I throw my top six on the power play, um, I don't want my bottom six or you know just stick them in the minors or another guy. I can maybe flip to another team looking for an upside guy. Um, so I just that's kind of eventually where I where I settled on, why I uh, I settled on Bellows.
1: Yeah, I mean I basically have the same reasons. He has the tools to be a scoring top six power forward. Hasn't got the opportunity like you mentioned, has a low cap hit and uh I didn't really want to go with one of the other um like bottom six guys that the that the Islanders had, so that, that was why I went with it. Kinda going off some upside here with more opportunity.
2: Yeah, no, I I was You know, basically the same reasons you guys said, just, you know, when I was a lot of the guys, I was thinking back to Vegas. They would, you know, take guys who maybe haven't really got the opportunity uh, yet, but to have shown some ability and some skill. And like you guys mentioned, Bell's a former, I think, 19th overall pick who has showed some offensive ability in his past. So, yeah, no, it's just a, like Brett mentioned, just a kind of a low risk kind of pick here that, as you mentioned, if he's not going to play in your team, you can flip him. But uh, he's also a guy who, if you do give an opportunity, you know, who knows, might turn into something. So,
0: and maybe he's their William Carlson type, potentially. Anyways. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Even else? though he's even though he's from Edina, he's still one of us.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and and the son of uh, former North Star great Brian Bellows, there so that'd be oh, yeah.
0: cool. It slightly removes the Edina damper just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, <laughs> slightly. <laughs> All right, so to the final of the new teams, uh, New Jersey, the Islanders. Uh, here come the New York Rangers again, going seven three and one. Uh, another pretty predictable list here are Timmy Panarin, Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, all with no move clauses. Uh, and then it's Ryan Strome, Pavel Buchnevich, uh, Philip Hedel. Uh, and then the, the last guy was really uh, up in the air, which could potentially change his whole draft for us. But the list we were uh, found the most often it ended up being Brett Howden, uh, Jacob Truba, Ryan Lindgren, Libor Hotchek on defense, and then uh, Alexander Georgiev in goal, because I believe it um, was their other stud. Sturkin uh, yeah. is uh, exempt um, so Justin I believe we're back to you with your pick
1: alright I, I don't know if he's a winger or a center I, I thought think he's I both. saw he was both but yep. I went with Colin Blackwell
2: yeah and I also went with Colin Blackwell as well
0: yeah and uh, for the third team in a row we go 3 for 3 <laughs> here uh, again so uh, Justin we'll let, uh, we'll let you do the talking here first
1: uh, yeah, from what I read, uh, you know, he doesn't have much NHL experience, but was effective when he was on the ice. He did spend some time with Panarin, who's not effective with Panarin, but he was ranked – ranked. this is something you like, Brett, going with analytics. Uh, he was ranked fourth with a, a gar of 2.2 on the team, and uh, he was a steal of a signing for the Rangers from what I read and but could bode well for, like, bottom six for Seattle. Um, he was second on the Rangers with an expected goal for uh, goals four percent of sixty seven point nine nine, and um, just had a, a very solid season for the Rangers.
2: Yeah, I think uh, like I said, I went for the kind of the same reasons. For me, it was either between him, at bottom, and another bottom six forward, and Kevin Rooney, who I also considered. But I just went with Blackwell because it seemed a little bit more unknown. Uh, you know, he had like just mentioned he was with Artemi Panarin, but he still did have twelve goals last year. Had a decent like half season stint with Nashville the year before, so I just thought you know another guy who you know at at the very least is probably a good like kind of bottom six guy, fourth liner. Uh, kind of all-around player but uh, also just uh, you know another guy who a little bit unknown who you know again you never know so yeah no that's kind of why
0: i went with him too i really considered uh both jack johnson anthony potato here <laughs> total sarcasm never, but uh no. okay i was yeah it, it's, that, that's my like danger sign if I ever say that i'm in danger okay um <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, J- Justin highlighted it perfectly. Uh, bottom six analytical darling, sign me the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> those are the type of guys I love. Um, you know, Marcus Foligno type. You know, Alex neck type, Nico Sturm type. Just those guys that just thrive in the bottom six. I said you need those role players. He's done just that. You know, he's played with good players too. So in the event of an injury, I felt he was a guy I could move up. Like reading everything about him, I don't really know the justification for why the Rangers would protect Howden over him. Um, Mm -hmm. So that that was like hesitant to pick him Like is he really going to be exposed If he is it seems like a no brainer Um, I did want to touch on some situations Where if he is protected Because then uh, the options are pretty terrible Um, Just or uh, Zeke As you mentioned Kevin Rooney's there Um, There's some other ones Uh, Tim Gettinger I don't know much about him 23-year-old left wing Julian Gauthier is probably the one I'd go to next 23-year-old right wing acquired from uh, Carolina He's an RFA this summer Um, Kind of a power forward type could maybe playing a bottom six um but i hope you know for the sake of our draft and being right in the end hopefully uh howden's the one they end up protecting i don't think i'd personally have much interest in Howden. his analytics are uh, rather poor so yeah i wouldn't uh he wouldn't be a guy i would want and knowing uh seattle having alex mandricky a pioneer in the analytics industry i don't think she's touching him with a 10-foot pole so mm-hmm all right. Type... And another
1: player that I would say another player yeah. we probably won't touch with a 10 foot pole is uh, Mr. Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think, any,
0: I don't think nope. any team wants to touch him with a 100 foot pole. So, nope. All right. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Let's see. From what I have here, we only have one more team where we have a unanimous pick. So we promise, we promise we'll have a little more debate here coming up uh, through these final uh, what is it? Uh, five teams here. Or is it six? Uh, six, six teams. All right, so moving right along here. Uh, Next up is the Ottawa Senators. And here is their protection list. A lot of young players on this list. They're going 7 3 1. Brady Kachuk, Colin White, Austin Watson, Connor Brown, Nick Paul, Logan Brown, and Drake Batherson for the forwards. Thomas Shabbat, uh, Nikita Zaitsev, and Victor Mete on defense. And then Angola. Philip Gustafson seemed to be the consensus, not Matt Murray. Uh, Which was a little inching to me, but um, I said right from the start that signing Matt Murray to that contract was a terrible idea, Um, but no one listened to me. Yeah, that was good. I was wrong about that one, too. (sighs) All right, (laughs) uh, let's see. I don't know who. Let's see. I did New York. uh, Zeke, I think it's you here.
2: Okay, so uh, from Ottawa, I took uh, right winger Evgeny Dadanov, or Dadanov, however you say it.
0: All right. Uh, I went with uh, Vitaly Abramov here, uh, left wing.
1: Um, I also went with winger Evgeny Dadnov.
0: All right. I'll give it over to Zeke uh, here first mm-hmm. to defend uh, your and Justin's uh, Dadnov pick.
2: Yeah, so, I don't know. I think, again, there was a few options I picked. Yeah, I chose from, obviously, between Dad and off. I also considered Chris Tierney, who's kind of a, a middle six center with the year left on his contract, three and a half five. and 5 And I also, uh, Abramoff, as Brett picked, uh, did interest me at first, but I believe I saw he signed a two-year KHL extension. So, I just kind of decided I, you know, wouldn't want to really deal with that although you know there may be some bias from wild fan pass, <laughs> K- khl guy scaring me off but he, he was another guy i considered too but i just think dad obviously you know he, he was drafted by florida he played for them a bunch of times you know came over from russia was really good you know the last three or four years scoring you know 25 30 goals had a even a 70 65 70 point season there uh you know signed obviously with ottawa was kind of disappointed this year with only 13 goals 20 points but I think, you know, his contract was maybe a little rich for a 32-year-old at five-five million, but it was for only more two more years, and I just thought with a guy who has a history of scoring 20, even close to 30 goals, I thought, even with the salary and the older age, I thought he was a, a good gamble, on a guy if it could return to form could be a good second-liner for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I went with him. I, I went with a lot of salary options, and I, I felt like I needed to fill out my top six. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned, he's... Prior 20 goal score, he scored 25 more goals in three of his six seasons with Florida. Um, I mean, he's a high end offensive player who could also help Seattle on the power play. Uh, like you mentioned, had a tough year, but has top six potential on the wing. So that's why I went with him because I wanted to start to fill out my top six.
0: Yeah, this was kind of my off the board pick here going uh, on Brown Moff. as you alluded to, he is going back to the KHL, but it sounds like basically the reasoning for that was he just felt buried in Ottawa, which I don't blame him. They got tons of yeah. young talent. He didn't see a path, but he takes a two-year deal at age 23. He's over there till he's 25. Um, he wasn't going to crack my starting lineup anyway, um, but I think by the time that contract's up, you know, I could have a slot for him. Um, so he's a guy I can just kind of let sit and grow. Don't have to really worry about him for two years, but um, I I believe all you have to do is qualify him and offer, and you retain his rights when that contract in the KHL is up. Um, so I feel like it's really low risk, high reward move. Um, a guy that's got really soft hands, uh, good good passer, good shooter. A guy that I felt like maybe has potential to crack my my you know top nine forward group. Um, and you know after those two years in the KHL are up, um, my reasoning for not picking uh, Dadnov. I also, as Eku mentioned, considered Tierney. I um, I just kind of backed off on both for the same reason. Their underlying numbers weren't great this year. Dadnoff was fine. does have that scoring history, but I'm just really weary about basically once a forward gets to age 32, 33, that decline can happen really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think when there's an upside pick there like Abramov, I'd rather take that upside than kind of that, that more risky older player there. Um, I felt okay with what I had on the wing at the time too, uh, looking back. And then uh, Tierney, the center, he just he didn't really move the needle for me i had a lot of bottom six centers and i didn't really see him as more than that so ultimately this decided again as i mentioned uh, as we were talking in the group chat uh i when i could if if i couldn't decide on a player i just decided to go with the most upside um that's what i felt i got here in uh abramov
2: yeah well uh, i think front of the show scott wheeler is pretty high on him so yeah he probably would like that pick yes so. he would
1: <laughs>
0: absolutely <laughs> all right and uh, anything else, Ottawa? Oh, uh, nope. All right. So let's go to the Philadelphia Flyers. Guess what? Seven three one again. Uh, <laughs> and here's their list um, from what we found: uh, Claude Giroux, Kevin Hayes, both with no movement clauses. Uh, Jacob Voracek, Scott lawton Travis Konecny, Sean Couturier, Oscar Lindblom, and then on defense, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, Felipe Myers, and Carter Hart, who bit us all in the ass this year. Um, both mm-hmm. from a pretty fesna standpoint making the playoffs standpoint and from a yeah. fantasy hockey standpoint uh, but enough about that uh let's see is it me here i think it is yeah uh i went with this was pretty much like the biggest slam dunk of this whole thing i went with james van Reems yeah i also went with james van Reems uh
1: yes i also went with james van Reems <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like i <laughs> you know as i said this one you know just kind of felt like a slam dunk i mean the dude has just been a legit top six forward uh for his entire career had a really good year this year 17 goals 26 assists 43 points um and in, in played all 56 games this year 12.9 shooting percentage on 132 shots he, he's 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 slotted in he's my top top line left wing um you know, can you much like I talk with Anthony Duclair, there's just not a lot of times you get you know, you get to mm-hmm. pick a legit top 6 talent. Um he he helps you get to the cap floor cuz he's got a little bit more on that contract. Um but you know, it's he's still really skilled too, so you know, taking on that 7 million for, you know, two mm-hmm. more years. He's a guy you could potentially make a captain an assistant captain a leader in the locker room. Everyone needs those type of guys, so it to me, it just felt like a slam dunk. You know, there were maybe a couple of couple other options here. Uh, maybe you know a a Nicholas Abe Kubel, younger right wing. Um, if Dylan Patrick isn't traded, he maybe could be a a high risk pick or a, a lower risk pick here. You could go with Shane Gossis Bear, maybe a, a chain of scenery. So a couple of intriguing options, but again, I just it's too hard. it's too hard to pass up. You know, a legit proven top six left winger right. for me, a, a top line left wing.
2: And I think the key for me is, you know, at first I saw, okay, if, you know, I, I knew he was going to be my pick from the beginning, but I saw, you know, 32 years old getting paid $7 million, which, you know, might give you pause at first, but like Brett said, you know, only two years left on that contract. So, it's you know, even if he did somehow just magically decline because of his age, uh, which, we, which I don't think is going to happen anyways, like you said, just – you, you need scoring, and not too many teams are just going to have, like you mentioned, a basically top line winger just sitting there for you to take. So yeah, no, nothing not much to add for me except that he was just slammed on pick.
1: Yeah, and I also felt like he could add to the the power play, like the mm-hmm. power play one, kind of set that up. Um, I I just felt like, you know, Mark Andre Fleury was kind of the face of the franchise. Start Vegas. I think James Van Riemsdyk can be that guy for Seattle, kind of the the big name player, the big salary player that can, you know, right off the bat, kind of be the face of the franchise. So that is why I went with James Van Riemsdyk, and on top of him, you know, filling out my my uh, first line wing as well.
0: There you go. And I, I will just you know allude to quickly. We, we talked about getting Daden off a pick ago go, being a 32 year old winger. Um, but for me, the difference there was Van Riemsdyk. Didn't look like he was declining last year. Still had good yeah. underlying numbers. Produced well. Um, so that for me, that was the big difference between between those two. It was you know was really good last year versus like well he might bounce back. Uh, Van Riemsdyk just doesn't show signs of decay at least as of yet. I think you know right at the end of that contract is gonna be is gonna be perfect. And again, you know if they prove to not be a contender out of the gate, you know a guy you could potentially trade if you retain a little salary or something too. So yep. All right, moving right along. Uh, One of the teams I had the most difficult time with um, was the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, the big rival of the Flyers. 7-3-1. Had a hell of a time trying to figure out their protection list. Um, This is what we came up with. It might not be accurate, um, but here's what we got. So we got uh, Sidney Crosby of Guinea Malkin, uh, both with the movement clauses. Jake Gensel, Jeff Carter, Brian Rust, Jared McCann, Kasperi Kapanen. Rounding out the forwards on defense, Chris Letang, Brian Dumoulin, and Mike Friedman. I believe it's Mike. Uh, it might be Mark. I think it might be Mark. Mark Friedman. Um, and then uh, in goal, Casey DeSmith. So I saw a lot of conflicting reports, basically, for their like sixth and seventh forwards, their third defenseman, and who they keep at goalie. So this list of any of them might be the least inaccurate, which could change the whole thing in the draft. But from what we uh, have here, this is what we picked from. So... uh Justin, I believe we're back to you here. Um, All right. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Um, I went with Pontus Aberg. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Jason Zucker. Jason Zucker is my actual pick.
0: Zeke?
2: Yeah, I went with uh, Teddy Bluger.
0: And I also went uh, Jason Zucker here. Uh, Justin, we'll go to you first uh, to talk up our former Minnesota boy.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had a couple options of I looked at. I looked at Austin Reese as well. Uh thought about Yari, but uh, I kind of wanted to go with the, the former fan favorite of the Wild. Has, uh, you know, five years of scoring 20 goals or more. Had a, a tough year in Pittsburgh where, you know, he didn't really get going. He got injured. Um, hasn't really fit in well, but uh, I think a change of scenery could bode well because we all know what he can bring to the table. Um, kind of that that pass player that that speedy will you know score goals and, and frustrate the other team not just by his play but uh kind of by his chirping too so
2: mm-hmm. so yeah no i uh, i i kind of differed with on um, you know teddy bluger there was a few options obviously zucker was in consideration but i just felt like i had enough on the left wing but you know for me i think Blueger. he's a, kind of a still younger 26 centerman um you know, has, has last year scored 22 points, 43 games. The year before, he scored 22 points in 69 games. Nice. And, you know, so, I mean, and obviously, Brett, we know this, he's a former Minnesota State Maverick. So, up, baby. Like that. <laughs> so you know, I know, I just thought he was, a, you know, maybe he's not great on face-offs, not terrible either. But I just thought uh, the guys in Pittsburgh still kind of young, maybe not a ton of upside, but I thought maybe a good potential third line center slash winger there for me to take.
0: Yeah, when I was building out these protection lists, when I saw Zucker left off, both in the Athletic and uh, a pretty good friend, I believe at Ot is a Twitter handle, uh, kind of my, my 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 Penguins follow on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. also seemed to think that they'd expose Zucker, um, but Zeke, as you mentioned, and just as Justin mentions, hasn't worked out in Pittsburgh, but we've seen that with a lot of guys with Crosby, you know, Malkin hurt, he got hurt, so I think just. Heart and then he, you know, traded, you know, right before the pandemic happened. So I think it just wasn't time to acclimate. Uh, he's injured. I just think he just needs a fresh start. Um, he was an analytical darling in Minnesota. I'm sure Alex Mandricki remembers what he was. I'm sure she'll make a case for him. Um, I, I very highly considered Zach Aston Reese here as well. Um, I mm-hmm. talked about that I liked, um, uh, the guy from New York, um, the Rangers, uh, Blackwell a lot cause he's a bottom yeah. six analytical darling. Uh, that is exactly what um, Zach Aston Reese is as well. Um, and and interest in Jari was really tempting here as well, but um, I think that his absolutely putrid performance in the playoffs really soured me there. Um, you know, he was a you know he's a he's a starting goalie. He's a one A, but I just think Justin, as you alluded to, there's just there's too much upside in Zucker and b- bouncing back. And again, back to that. You know, looking at that upside, you know he's a guy that is a top six winger. I, I don't think he, I don't think he's washed yet. He's fast, power play guy, good, good two way player as well. Former thirty goal scorer. I think he's just a guy you got to take there. Um, another mm-hmm. guy that it was in consideration to uh, on the blue line was uh, Marcus Pedersen, but uh, le- another left defenseman when I got too many of those, so kind of mm-hmm. br- brushed him off. But <laughs> this one was a tough one. I I thought yeah. a lot about this one. Yep. All right. Next up, the champion Tampa Bay Lightning, who are going to lose a damn good player. Um, our first team so far to do the eight-skater route, uh, they're going to go four forwards, four defensemen, uh, and they're going to go with the pretty obvious four here, Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, and Sorelli, and they're going to protect the top four on defense and Hedman, McDonough, Surkachev, Chernak, and, of course, they're protecting uh, the MVP, Andre Vasilevsky, so I believe G. Is it be back to? Oh, is this is. I th- I think it's Zeke. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I just yeah,
2: went right yeah. up there. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, with uh, my pitch – Sorry, I got my list right here. Um, it's loading. I should remember but Okay, with my pick uh, from. Shit! Sorry, I keep going to the wrong page. <laughs> um. Okay. Um, <laughs> right, okay.
0: Tampa Bay, okay, I got it now. Uh, I went with uh, center Yanni Gord. Yeah, me and you are the same here again. I also went Yanni Gord.
1: And I went with uh, Alex Killorn.
0: All right, Zeke, we'll go to you first here to mm-hmm. d- defend your uh, Yanni Gord pick. This was a tough one for me again.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it, it was tough. There were several players. I mean, like Justin picked you also could have, you know, young right-shot defenseman Cal Foote. uh, even Andre plot was also there. So you had, like, three good forwards and a young defenseman to pick from. I just went, you know, Gord, I think – I don't know if I consider him a – I mean, I think he's pretty solid, a top six or maybe a second-line guy, high-end third, but who has been – you know, was really impressive – this last year in the playoffs has kind of been, you know, he was a kind of diamond in the rough that Tampa found. it has been a really good two-way player. He can score, he can play center. He, you know, he's fast, he's feisty, aggressive, and all that. So I just thought, you know, looking for kind of a top six center, I just thought he was a good pick for me.
0: Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I actually slotted him in as my number one center. I think he can do be very much kind of like a Chandler Stevenson type, just that speedy. Oh, yeah. Kind of that two-way winger. If you put them mm-hmm. with, uh, let's see, did we? Have we drafted guys I'm on a line with? Yeah, so I have them uh, with James Van Riemsdyk on the left. So you have Van Riemsdyk provide the offense, Gord to provide the two-way game, and then a right wing to be named uh, next week. Um, kind of rounded out my top line there. But I feel really good about. It. I think that could be analytically a really good line um, that mm-hmm. drives with drives with pace. Um, but but again, you mentioned. I mean, Cal Foot was tempting here. Kalorn as a potential captain was here, you know, plot on that, you know, a, a right wing, which we're hard to find, but I think it's just, it's so hard to find top six centers. We know as, as a yeah. wild. And I think Yanni Gordon, pretty much any other team in the NHL is probably a number two center. Um, I think him and Eric Sinek have a lot of similarities. So I think he could be a guy that really breaks out if given uh, the opportunity. Um, one more thing I will say before Justin uh, gets his case for Alex Kalorn, there is a t- ton of talk about tampa being a a, a candidate for a side deal team um with with tyler johnson trying to get his cap off the books he's a spokane washington native so you want to talk about a face of the franchise they bring in the hometown kid um you know and then maybe you throw in a a, a cal foot and something else to get them to take um to him take tyler johnson so i think that could be a very likely route here um, but also at the same time, it's it'd be hard to be like, no, nah, we're just gonna pluck a really good player off your roster. Yeah. So, or maybe you're gonna give us Johnson. Nah, we're gonna take Gordian Foote Foot maybe if we're gonna do that. So who knows? But uh, anyway, Justin, uh, your defense for Alex Kaloran, who is just a, a a very fine pick as well.
1: Yes, uh, I think if Seattle wants to win the cup, though, they got to go with Pat Maroon. But yeah, uh... I
0: mean that would make sense. <laughs> it's like if, it, it, it's he's, he's the anti Marian hosa
1: yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever he
0: goes, they win. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I went with Alex Kalorn because, um, you know, all these guys have playoff pedigree, obviously, winning two cups in a row. But um, I, I felt like he was a player that could serve as their first captain. At the very least, he could be an assistant captain to, like, a Van Riemsdyk or something. But uh, he did skate on the second line with Tampa. I do have him slotted into my second line. He was on the top power play unit. He could help uh, Seattle on the penalty kill as well. He's kind of done all that. So I kind of wanted a guy that brought leadership and, and kind of filled my top six and also play every role. Yeah. But that's that's why I went with Kalorn. Yeah.
0: I think the long story short here at Tampa Bay, it's going to be really hard for Seattle to make a bad pick from Tampa Bay. Like, they're going to mm-hmm. get someone just really freaking good.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: All right, and the next team, which we uh, had some back and forth with today uh, because of a new contract, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are up next. Um, we have them, another team, going with the eight skater route, uh, four forwards, four defensemen. Uh, the forwards are pretty out. It's that core of Tavares, Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. On defense, we know for sure it's probably going to be Brody, Riley, and Muzzin. And then we kind of flip-flop between Justin Hall and then Travis Dermott, who was given a two-year extension today. But from everything I read, including in his interview, it sounded like he wasn't guaranteed protection. It sounds like they want to protect Hall, right shot, second pair guy. So we left Dermot exposed here and then uh, also protected Jack Campbell in net. Are we uh, are We back to me here first? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, for me it came down to two guys that I debated pretty heavily back and forth. I think you guys probably did the same. Um, it came down from between uh, – Alex Kerfoot and Travis Dermott, and again, you know, I just felt again we've had I feel like we're wearing this phrase out, but I felt good on the left (laughs) side defense, um, and it's never bad to have a middle six center, um, so I took Alex Kerfoot.
1: Yeah, I also went with uh, Kerfoot as well, and I went the other way and went uh, defenseman Travis Dermott. All right,
0: I'll start here. Uh, As as I mentioned, uh, Kerfoot, you know, I have him slotted right now as my second line center. Um, he hasn't really been given the opportunity in, in Toronto to play up the lineup. I mean, hard to do that when you're you know <laughs> behind you know two of the best centers in the game in, in Tavares and Matthews. So um, he I think he has potential to be more. I have him with some good line mates. I think I stuck him with, uh, I think I have Zucker on the left wing and Duclair on the right wing. So I'm putting him with some other speedy forwards, with some skilled forwards, some goal scoring type of guys where he doesn't have to be relied upon for the offense, but can kind of focus again, you know, I'm kind of that Bill Guerin style, you know, p- play the 200 foot game, still a good passer, this a guy I think I can kill penalties with, a guy that can play on the power play. Um, if I need to slide him down the line up to the third line, I can do that as well. Um, and again, as I mentioned before with Dermott, nothing against him really, uh, just a left shot defenseman. And he has been really sheltered in Toronto um, when he has played, so it's just hard to know what the upside is with him. Um, and I just felt you know, Kerf, it was a little bit safer play here, but I know the upside is second line where Dermot, I just wasn't sure if it was higher than than a third pair guy.
2: You know, I, I went to you know, it's kind of same reasons. I think, you know, Kerfoot he has like you said, he doesn't gotten as much opportunity as he did in Colorado, so he doesn't produce as much, but I still think he's a guy who can, you know, get into the 30, 40 points, like you mentioned. Uh, Kind of a speedy guy, can skate really well, and, and also can play center wing. So he's pretty versatile, like you mentioned, in the middle six. So I just thought, and considering he's under contract, three and a half million for the next two years, I thought was good value from that end as well.
0: All right, and Justin, your yeah. case for Dermot? I, I was really back and
1: forth, especially with that news today. But then with, with it, you know, no guarantee of protection, I stuck with him. I actually have him in my top four. I have him on my top pairing, maybe uh, taking a chance at that. Maybe he's not that high. Maybe he's second-line pairing. But anyways, um, he's just a D-man with upside that comes at a low cost, considered an offensive defenseman, good at skating, passing, breaking the puck out. Um, I'm really just kind of going on the upside here, really. So, yeah, that's why I picked Dermott.
0: Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I'm the upside guy, so. All right, we're a little over our time, but I think people like this show, so who gives a shit? Um, (laughs) Last team here, so we're almost done. The Washington Capitals, um, their protection list, back to the 7-3-1. Nicholas Backstrom, then a move clause, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Wow. Evgeny Kuznetsov, (laughs) Anthony Mantha, TJ Oshie, Tom Wilson. Boo. uh, Lars Eller, Connor Sherry. Uh, defense, John Carlson, uh, Dmitry Orloff. And then I've seen conflicting reports of either being Brendan Dillon uh, or potentially Justin Schultz. So it could be either or. We went Dillon here. And then uh, Ilya Samsonov um, for the goaltender. So Justin, I believe. Uh, you get to wrap us up here with the Capitals. You will notice uh, no Alex Ovechkin on that list. He's a UFA, and he basically said, I'm not signing anywhere about Washington. So free free protection, basically out for mm-hmm. them there um uh, so justin all you
1: i went with goaltender vtech Vanichek. vanacek i'd love to say his name yeah it's a good <laughs> one.
2: yeah no i also went with uh, goaltender uh, vtech vanacek
0: yeah he was in and out of my lineup a hundred times uh, vanacek was but i eventually settled on uh i believe another hashtag one of us in uh nick jensen uh, Justin, we'll turn to you first uh, to defend and Zeke's case for Vitek Vanacek All
1: right. so he did go 21 10 4 this season, 269 goals against average, 908 save percentage. That could probably be better, but um, he led the team in wins and uh, one, was one of the seven rookies to win 10 or more games. Um, I, I just felt like a, a Drager Vanacek tandem would be uh, a pretty good start to a franchise, and uh, he seemed to rise to the occasion where he's called upon. Um, and I, I also feel like he hasn't reached his ceiling yet, so uh, I kind of wanted to just low-cap hit, fairly young, had a good season, and uh, that's, that's kind of why I wanted to go with him.
2: Yeah, I was. I went with Dino you know, Vancher for the same reasons. I also considered, who, who Brett will explain in a minute, uh, Nick Jensen is a right shot D, but I just figured, you know, he wasn't fantastic in his rookie year, but, you know, he was obviously good enough to get 21 wins regardless of, you know, even if the Caps were a good team. But I just thought, like Justin said, another – young goaltender to play behind you know the veteran that I have would be a decent bet that you know it can at least be a 1b but to be on the cheap contract maybe he could also turn into something more so
0: yeah the weird thing about Vanacek is he kind of came out of nowhere because originally of course you know we it was supposed mm-hmm. to be a uh, uh, Lundquist Samsonov tandem and then you know Lundquist had the heart condition where he couldn't play and Then all of a sudden, uh, Samsonov was hurt, and here comes this unheard of rookie Vitek Vanacek, just kind of steals Mm -hmm. the show. So, uh, like, like Justin, like you mentioned, a really good option to have is kind of your one B. But I felt I got that um, in Jake Allen. Um, Mm -hmm. So that this was my debate. So I had I had Jake Allen and Brett Kulak, and then Nick Jensen and Vitek Vanacek. So I like I swapped like goalie and defense between those. What ultimately came down to for me um was Nick Jensen is the right shot defenseman. Um yeah. mm-hmm. which I I look I had a lot of left defensemen. I looked through a lot of options on right D and, and, and Jensen just seemed like the best pick for me here. He ends up on my top pair. Um he's kinda he's a defensive defenseman type. Um seeing if I've picked my I've not picked my uh but my my left defenseman on my top line's a more offensively minded guy so just looking for that, you know, that uh that Brodeur Dumba type, you know, chemistry with the with the offensive defenseman, defensive defenseman type. So, uh, on a on a decent contract too. I think he's making. I think it's. See, do no, I have it handy here? Um, yeah, uh, only two point five million uh, through twenty twenty three. So two more years of that. With only thirty years old. Defenseman age slower. So should be a reliable guy there. I just ultimately again, it really came down to having that right shot defenseman. I'm um, over Kulak, who was at left shot defenseman. So it was either Allen or Vanacek, and again, I felt Allen was a little bit more of that starting caliber goalie. So I, I just leaned that way, and it just kind of worked out in the end. But it was really, really close between those two. I I went back and forth quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I know it's uh, like you said, the the right shot defenseman. He was it's kind of same as you. I flipped back and forth at first, but you know, like I just said, uh, I just thought. You know, I well, like we'll talk about. Uh, I had another goaltender picked in the Western Conference. So I just it just came down to me potential upside was I thought was maybe a little bit higher. But uh, I think there was, like you mentioned, several good picks. And I also just mentioned the other guy I considered from Washington was a young, kind of youngish player by the name of Daniel Sprong, who was mm-hmm. a late second round, early second round pick potential, who's thought of as a first round caliber player. Who, you know, has maybe had some attitude issues, not being completely mature, but had did score 13 goals this year. Had scored 14 goals in like 40 games with Anaheim a couple of years ago, so he was another guy who I consider as a potential sleeper. But yeah, no, I, there was there were several good options from Washington. So.
0: Yeah, and I think Sprong's a guy like Capitals fans like, and it just seems like he's like kind of a doghouse type of guy. So yeah, mm-hmm. a, a, a name I didn't really consider, but a really good one to bring up. One I didn't really yeah. think about. So another good name there. All right, so Absolutely. just to wrap up here, let's just read down uh, each of our. Do you guys have your? players handy otherwise i can go through them too because i got them in front of me but uh, um i got him. Yeah, perfect i'll start here so here's my picks from the eastern conference i have uh from the bruins jeremy lazan uh from the sabers will borgen from the hurricanes warren fogel from the blue jackets eric robinson from the red wings troy stetcher from the panthers anthony duclair from the canadians jake allen from the devils michael mcleod from the islanders Kiefer bellows the rangers colin blackwell Senators, Vitaly Abramov, Flyers, James Van Reemsdyke, Pittsburgh, Jason Zucker, Lightning, Yanni Gord, Toronto, Alex Kerfoot, and Washington, Nick Jensen.
2: Zeke? And uh, from Boston, from the Bruins, I had Jeremy Lauzon. From the Sabres, I had Colin Miller. Uh, from the Hurricanes, I had Jake Bean. From the Blue Jackets, I had Eric Robinson. Uh, from Detroit, to the Red Wings, I had Troy Stetcher. From Florida, the Panthers, I had Anthony Duclair. Uh, From the Canadians, I had Jake Allen. uh, Devils, Michael McLeod. Islanders, Kiefer Bellows. And then from the Rangers, I had Colin Blackwell. Uh, From the Senators, Evgeny Dabnoff. From the Flyers, James Van Riemsdyk. Uh, From the Penguins, Teddy Blueger. From the Lightning, uh, Yanni Gord. Uh, From Toronto, the Maple Leafs,
1: Alex Kerfoot. And from the Capitals, I had Vitek Vonchuk.
0: And Justin? All
1: right, and for Boston Bruins, I had Jeremy Lazon. For the Sabres, I had Will Borgen. For the Hurricanes, I had Jake Bean. For the Blue Jackets, I had Eric Robinson. For the Red Wings, I had Troy Stetcher. For the Panthers, I had Chris Dreiger. For the Canadians, I had Brett Kulak. For the Devils, I had Michael McLeod. For the Islanders, I had Kiefer Bellows. For the Rangers, I had Colin Blackwell. For the Senators, Evgeny Dadnov. For the Flyers, James Van Riemsdyk. For the Pens, Jason Zucker. For the Lightning, Alex Killorn. For the Maple Leafs, Travis Dermott. And for the Capitals, Vitek Banachek.
0: All right, so there you have it. Each of our first 16 picks for the Seattle expansion. Obviously, given the time on this show, i uh, not going to go through the rest of the 14 teams today, but we will get to those next week. And uh, we do have a lot more. Um, debate to, to be had next week. Uh, a couple teams where we, we each had a different player, um, a lot fewer with we had the same player. Um, so we'll reveal that along with our full starting lineups as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, really excited for the West. I think there's a little more debate to be had there, some more uh, challenging yeah. decisions, um, especially with uh, the Colorado Avalanche, who we all seem to absolutely agonize over. Um, but somehow mm-hmm. managed to all land on the same player in the end, which is really <laughs> shocking. So um, Yeah. Uh, any uh, final thoughts here um, on Stanley Cup, on the Eastern Conference, on Seattle expansion, free agency trades, whatever, what have you?
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't really have anything else. Just looking forward to doing the Western Conference next week and kind of rounding out our rosters.
2: No, I just like like Justin said, this just a uh, fun exercise, and uh, like like Brett mentioned, I think uh, I do agree. I think next week will like you said, in terms of debate and more, you know, kind of different players, I think will be really fun. So uh, be sure to look forward to that one and listen to that show when it comes out as well.
0: All right. Well, it will not shock me if uh, trades and RFA signings and rumors and rumblings heat up here starting tomorrow with buyout windows opening with the cup wrapped up. Um, I, I said to, uh, I believe his was Capri Soft Club on Twitter, I, I could see the Wild having two to three significant moves, whether that's a buyout, trade, rfa signing i think prior to the draft and we'll see if that holds true but it just feels like this offseason has to be busy uh Mm -hmm. for bill garen so it should be exciting um as we did with erickson x should something pop up before uh thursday night uh we'll be sure to do our best to uh to hop on and and react to that quick um if not we'll get you next time but uh that will do it for today's show uh before we wrap up uh zeke remind everyone where they can find you and your work
2: well, uh, you, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at ZBWildNation underscore HW. And you can find my written work, as usual, at HockeyWilderness.com.
1: And, Justin, what about you? Uh, you can find me at DE2004. You can find me at KaprizovC with KaprizovCountdown. And you can find me at MNW prospects with Wild Prospects and Young Players.
0: All right. And, as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh92. Be sure you're following the podcast Twitter account at SoundTheFoghorn. Also on Instagram at SoundTheFoghorn as well there. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week's show. We're going to jump into a new exit song. uh, Something new on there for you today. So enjoy that. And until next week, this has been another episode of...